judge us according to our performances. The capacity to receive comes with so much grace because you know for sure that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. He shall supply. You speak upon it. You are identified by the blood of Jesus. The blood that was shed at the cross. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. He became that sin offering. So what? Are you still talking about sin, sin, sin? That is a wrong doctrine. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected you. You have no sin. Once Christ is the central focus of who you are and your life, your identity changes, your mindsets change, your thinking, your living, because now you're believing right, you're living right through him. Wake up and unwind your day. Réveillez-vous et commencez votre journée avec Biyoka On a heart for a soul Your word is truth It sanctifies a soul with your truth Your word is truth For a soul, a heart for a soul The light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul Yeah! Jesus Christ, way truth and the life for our souls paid the price, the ultimate sacrifice. What a love! While we get sin for death, we were destined. He stepped in as water and as blood was the cleansing laws. We were found where sin abounds, grace abounds. What a passion, a peace of passing, all understanding where God's love is present, all condemnation is past. For a soul, a heart for a soul, the light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold. Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole. Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you so much for yet a wonderful year you have given us. We thank you for this year of restoration, for what you're doing in our countries, for what you're preparing ahead. We want to stand today and pray for all our leaders. Whatever person, whichever person is listening in today, wherever they're coming from, we're standing and praying for our leaders. You're giving them wisdom. You're giving them knowledge. You're giving them understanding of how to lead your people, how to change the things that have not been right in your eyes, in your heart. You are the one giving them direction. And when I pray for protection over all our leaders, we pray for them, no matter, no matter wherever they are in any continent. We're lifting up every president. We're lifting up the cabinets. We're lifting up all the political systems. Jesus, you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who prevails and takes over and brings peace. And so we're praying for all our leaders, no matter wherever anyone is around the world in all continents, that our leaders, you're going to guide them. You're going to give them right policies. You're going to show them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and what not to do as well. Lord, we thank you. All we're going to do is stand and believe that this is a year of restoration. 
a year of restoration economically, politically, socially, in every aspect, Lord, of our lives. And we thank you. We thank you for what you're yet to do spiritually in our lives, in this ministry, in our homes, in our marriages, in our finances, in our children. Everything, Jesus Christ, you're restoring it this year. In Jesus' name we pray and say, Amen. I just want to take a moment and say that we are really going to stand and pray for all our leaders. Amen. On this program, I'm going to make it a point by the grace of God to pray that our leaders, God can continue to guide them, to give them wisdom, to show them what to do. And also, and I pray that you stand with this ministry as we're going to believe and pray for leaders, right, around the world. Um, let us not come into a culture where we can only sit back and analyze, criticize what they're doing. But let us take a moment and pray. Pray for our leaders. Pray for the presidents. Pray for the cabinets. Pray for the members of Congress, members of representative councils. Let us pray for them. Because the more we put them in the hands of God, the more he guides them, he leads them, he protects them, he gives them peace, he gives them the grace to do what he sent them to do. Amen. So let, we're going to stand. And this is something the Lord has put on my heart. And I thank the Lord that starting from this week, moving forward, we are going to be praying for our leaders. Amen. This is not the time to criticize them. This is the time. This year is a year to change our minds, to believe for big things. Amen. And we thank God for that. So with that being said, I pray open our Bibles in the book of 2 Samuel 13. That's where I'm going to be reading from. And actually today we have a long read because... I'm going to be expounding on this story or breaking it down into pieces as we're eating of the word. So I'm literally going to read the entire chapter. So I pray by the grace of God, get your Bibles. Okay, if you prefer to use your app, that is okay as well, a Bible app. But I would pray that as you're listening to this sermon, I pray that you read, you take time to follow the story, amen? Because I'm going to be using some of the examples that are written in this chapter to bring out more points, you know, bring it out to clarity so that you all understand by the grace of God, amen? Father, we thank you so much for this word that we're yet to partake. We believe and trust that God, you're unveiling the depth and the revelation and we receive an increase of knowledge in our Lord Jesus Christ and say, Amen. So the word of God reads that after this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin. And it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, 
the son of Shimea, David's brother. Now, Jonadab was a very crafty man, and he said to him, Why are you, the king's son, becoming thinner day after day? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat from her hand. Then Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight that I may eat from her hand. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, Now go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down. Then she took flour and kindled it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them out before him, and he refused to eat. Then Amnon said, Have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. Now when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I were, and I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king. For he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not heed her voice, and being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Arise, be gone. So she said to him, No, indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. Then he called his servant who attended him and said, Here, put this woman out away from me and blot the door behind her. Now she had on a robe of many colors. For the king's virgin daughters wore such apparel, and his servant put her out and blotted the door behind her. Then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe 
of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. And Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of it, when King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. And Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had shipshares in Baal Hazor, which is near Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then Absalom came to the king and said, Kindly note, your servant has shipshares. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go now, lest we be a burden to you. Then he, he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him, so he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servant saying, Watch now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I said to you, Strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose and each one got on his mule and fled. And it came to pass while they were on the way that news came to David saying, Absalom has killed all the king's sons and not one of them is left. So the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the ground and all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. Then Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose they have killed all the young men. The king's sons for only Amnon is dead. For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now, therefore, let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for only Amnon is dead. Then Absalom fled. He fled, and the young man who was keeping watch lifted his eyes and looked, and there many people were coming from the road on the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming, as your servant said. So it is. So it was, as soon as he had finished speaking, that the king's sons indeed came and lifted up their voice and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom 
fled and went to Talmai and son of Anhud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And King David longed to go to Absalom for he had been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. So just a summary of this chapter. David had different sons and daughters from different mothers. In this story, two of the children were born by the same mother, that is Absalom and Tamar. Now their brother Amnon lasted for Tamar and knew that he had he had nothing to do about it. But when he approached Tamar, I love the fact that Tamar told him that what you're going to do is going to be very disgraceful to Israel. And she actually told him, why don't you ask the king for me before you do such a thing? However, Amnon had a friend who was called Jonadab. He was his uncle's son, but they were very good friends. And Jonadab gave Amnon advice to lie to his father, King David, that he was ill and that his sister Tamar would come to the house and prepare a meal for him. And Amnon went on. He took up that advice from his friend. And so what happened is that when the king went back and informed Tamar to do what he had commanded her to do, Tamar definitely came, prepared food, took it to Amnon. However, Amnon had a different idea. He had made up his mind that he was going to sleep with Tamar. So now remember, in the Israel culture, it is forbidden. And even Tamar mentioned that to him. So remember, Tamar also was a virgin. And for a virgin to be with a man before marriage, it was forbidden. So Tamar begged Amnon not to do what he did. And Tamar, when everything happened, Tamar went to his brother's house crying after she was uh, misused by his brother. Tamar went and approached Absalom. But as soon as Absalom saw her, he knew that it was Amnon who had done that. And so when the king, their father, King David, heard of the issue that had happened, the, the scriptures show that he was very angry. He was very, very angry about it. But something I really want to bring out in this story is that a very important issue we shouldn't forget is that Absalom, he told Tamar that don't put it at heart what has just happened to you. Follow me. He told her, don't put it at heart. Like, it's just like how someone can counsel you. Someone can say, this has happened. Let it be. Forget all about it. Move on and all will be well. But Absalom, on the other hand, when you read the scriptures, when you go back to the chapter, what how I've read it, you come to realization that Absalom kept a grudge and anger toward what Amnon had done to Tamar. It's interesting that he told Tamar, like, let it be. It is well. 
just, you know, keep at heart with what has happened. Let's go back to the scripture and, and we read exactly what he told her. When the, the scripture says in, in verses 19, it says that then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. And Absalom, her brother, said to her, listen, has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. Do you hear these words? He ministered to her. She was there for her. You know, he encouraged her through this pain. He said to her, he is your brother. You hear that? He said, he is your brother. Do not take this too hard. So, Absalom, this is something actually really interesting that I really want you not to forget in this story. Number one, he ministered to the sister who had been wronged. And he ministered to her heart that she would be healed. However, when we continue to read the story, you realize for him, he did not deal with his grudge and anger. So this actually really opens us up to something really, really important. Because sometimes one can help other people, but in the same time, that very person helping other people is also going through something and they can hide it. They can walk in that emotional instability that I've actually been teaching about for the several weeks. But in this situation, we see an example of someone who actually also went out of his way to minister to someone for healing, someone who had been wronged physically. And then going back to the story, we see that Absalom kept this grudging anger toward Amnon for two years. For two full years, that's what the scripture says. He didn't do anything about it. Much as he ministered to the sister, but he kept this issue within himself, within his inner feelings, inner emotions, and didn't do anything about it. The scripture doesn't even tell us about whether he spoke about it, but it shows us that for full two years, he didn't do anything. But then now the time comes and he, he finds a way of bringing out this emotion that had kept in him for two full years. Here's something very significant in verses 21 to 22. When you go back, it says that, but when King David heard of these things, he was very angry. The father was angry. The father let out that steam. The father didn't let that anger rest in him. He actually expressed it, right? And so you see, there's a very big difference in this situation. Heart and pain sometimes can be caused by someone not dealing with an issue for quite a long time. In verses 21 to 22, we see two people who are angry. The scripture says that, but when King David heard of these things, he was very angry. And then the scripture father says that, and Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. So literally, he didn't talk to him. 
He didn't tell him anything about it. But you see two people who are hurt, but both of them responded to the reaction or responded to the wrongdoing in a very different way. And so this is where hurt and pain really comes from, how it can be rooted, how it can be established in someone. And a lot of times, many people go through something and as much as they can actually be of help to many people or millions of people or what, but they can also be still going through something within themselves. So do you notice that in verses 21 and 22, it shows us something huge, child of God, by the grace of God. It teaches us that, that this family did not resolve this issue. This was a very huge issue, but they didn't come to terms to see that this very situation that had come in the family was tackled, was dealt with, was resolved. And two or four years, it kept on growing. It grew emotionally. So we see that as a result, Absalom's pain and heart turned into or was converted into a plan, a command. He commanded his servants to kill his brother. So Amnon was killed and that was as a result of what had been in Absalom for a long time. You know, reading this story, actually, it brings me to that place where I actually think about many times when, you know, many people find that the scriptures or the Bible is not interesting. It doesn't have, you know, anything, you know, stories. But when you're reading stories like this, there's so much you can learn from the word of God. Amen. And when you think about it, the shows, the dramas we think that we're watching today on television are so interesting. But you, you, when you read these stories, you see that this was actually real in life. The television shows that we watch, many of them are fictional. But so when you take time and read the word of God, you see that these stories, you learn great lessons out of them. You learn from these stories. And when you take time to dig and let the Holy Spirit teach you and show you and veil the, the depth of that is in this word, you come to a realization that many of these men of God, they also faced some things, big, serious things in their families, in their marriages, in their work. But they stood in the word of God. And a lot of times you find that many people, sometimes even when they're in heart or pain, that blocks them and they think that God doesn't love them anymore or God is not there for them. But in this situation, we see that even the ones who really had a heart for God, there's a time that they came in life and things were not working out. Things were turning the wrong way. And so you see a family of David, King David, who was loved by God, a man who loved God as well, a man who had reverence for God, but he had, he had something, a weakness within his family. So this passage demonstrates to us a great example of what heart, emotional heart and pain can do a family, what it can do to friends. 
what it can do to a community. For instance, what friends do you have in life? When you go back to the scriptures, you go back to the chapter, you realize that Jonadab, he gave wrong advice to Amnon. A friend can't tell someone to go do such a thing, telling him that go and lie with your sister. He was a crafty friend. And a lot of times, many times in the journey or the life that many people live, you find that the enemy will block your life with crafty friends, with friends who come to you and they're caused by the enemy to divert thy will in your life. This is a story where we can learn so much. There's so much we can learn from this. The emotional pain of family too can become also a hindrance in one's life. And many times, sometimes people tend to say, Oh, family is family. But did you know that family can also be a place where that can break someone's life? Brothers and sisters can break each other. And so we see that in this story, we see something that speaks even to today's life. A community can be broken just because of one wrong advice and it affects Many and many, many, many lives. And also we see that sometimes we as people, we tend to see men and women of God. We see presidents, we see uh, dignitaries, we see people, you know, who are so highly regarded in our societies. And we put them on a, a pedestal and we see that like they so perfect. There's no imperfection in their lives or They are so like God. And sometimes people tend actually to worship some of these people. But what King David's story is showing us is that perfection is only for God. Perfection can only be shown to God. Because when you see, King David was a very strong man. He was a man who fought battles, was a man people honored and respected in this kingdom. But actually, when you read further in this story, when you go to Second Samuel 14 and 15, you see this was a man who was running away that his son does not kill him. Absalom later came back and tried to take the kingdom away from him. But then you see that this family was affected by just one wrong deed that turned everything around. So, When we read scriptures and stories like this, God is showing us that emotional hurt and pain can actually be also something that can tear apart, like it can destroy that what he has created or predestined for prosperity, for abundance. And the example of King David's family in this story we see that it all started by a wrong advice from a friend. So the people we bring in life, the people we associate with, we eat, the people we eat with, the people that we decide our children to be with, child of God, let us come to the place where we learn to pray. Learn to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. I'm not saying you shouldn't have people to give you advice, but what I'm saying is that When someone gives you advice, go back and pray about it. Ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what did you think about this? 
Is this what you think I should do? Is this what you think I should implement? Right? Because what we see in this story, what started as a bad advice turned into a wrong decision. The bad advice came from Jonadab. And then it turned into a wrong decision, which was made by Amnon. And the wrong decision became an evil deed to Tamar, which Amnon did. And then from the evil deed, it caused hurt and pain to Tamar. And to which it also affected Absalom, the brother, and the father as well, King David. And it caused anger, and it caused distress within the family. It caused aggression. It caused pain for two full years. And this is what? Something, a wrong seed, just one wrong seed that is planted in a fertile ground, how it can destroy that soil. And this is one thing, child of God, we must understand by the grace of God, that one wrong seed can destroy a big family. It can shatter that what God had predestined. That is what the Bible says actually in in the New Testament, that the enemy came to steal and destroy. And this is why by the grace of God, we as children of God today under the grace covenant, God has revealed to us the stories in the Old Testament so that we may see the man for wisdom and the man for grace of God. So when we see this, we see that something that started as a wrong seed, it ended up with death because that's what the enemy does. As the scripture says in the New Testament, he came to steal and to destroy and he brings death. So sometimes we must be and in a very, very cautious way, be very sensitive to who we get advice from because man can say from a natural perspective, but the only perspective that we as children of God must turn to is the advice of the Lord Jesus Christ and which comes to us through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isaiah 25, 8 says that he will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, the rebuke of his people, and he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. So child of God, when you see When you seek your advice from the Lord, that advice comes with life. It doesn't hold death in it. Amen? But the advice that does not come from God leads to death. But I love the fact that Prophet Isaiah is giving us that promise that Christ would be that the one who would come to wipe away the tears. So today you may be going through heart and pain. You may be saying, evangelist, you don't understand what I've gone through in my life. You have no idea what I have passed through. It may be through family. It may be through friends. It may be through business partners. It may be from your church. It may be from a community. It may be anywhere. But Prophet Isaiah is telling us that Jesus Christ would wipe away tears from all our faces child of God. Revelation 7, 17 says, for the lamb who is amidst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe away every tear, child of God. 
So no matter whatever you're going through, God is with you. So don't let yourself, child of God, let wrong advice take you into a wrong place. Because God is with you. God is for you. Emotional hurt and pain, child of God, something I really need to bring to your attention. Emotional hurt and pain work hand in hand. When one gets emotionally hurt, on many occasions they will feel the emotional pain. Amen? And sometimes this is also because it comes from the physical heart. Because there's a difference between physical heart and emotional heart. Physical heart leads to emotional heart. So, many times people may be asking themselves, okay, so what is really emotional heart? What is emotional heart and pain? Emotional heart is the emotional distress. It can come as also as a result of being in pain being in pain of what has happened to you. And so it grows. And it's also caused an experience through non-physical discomfort and stress. Though sometimes it is important to child of God to know this, emotional instability can be caused by a physical pain, which leads to a non-physical discomfort and stress. For instance, when you think about what happened to Tama, was a physical heart, right? His brother misusing her, which later turned into a non-physical discomfort and distress to her and her brother, Absalom. So it started as a physical heart and then it turned into emotional heart and pain within themselves, right? So for two years, remember that Absalom, he did not confront the issue that was at hand, but he responded to his inner heart and pain, and it grew. It grew strongly. So we may ask ourselves sometimes, okay, so now that we know what emotional heart is, what really causes it? What can really bring this issue? May ask that rhetorical question. In many cases, one can experience emotional heart or pain through events in life. Sometimes it can be caused by loss, a loss of grieving for someone. Just for instance, like King David, how he took time to mourn Amnon when he died. That was really serious. When you go back to verses 37, you see that that's what was written, that when Absalom ran away, but the scripture shows that King David longed to see Absalom. And then also he was comforted concerning Amnon. Because Amnon was dead. So emotional hurt and pain can come from that place of losing a loved one. Grieving for them. And also regret as well. I'm really sure that when Amnon did what he did to Tama, Absalom, he took that regret like, why wouldn't I protect my sister? Why wasn't I there? For someone to keep something for that long, that means that they really contemplated. He must have really sat down to think and say, why couldn't I have done something for her at a point of you know, need like that? So in this situation, we see that emotional heart and pain can be caused by events you know, we go through in life. And sometimes too, emotional pain can be caused by other people. It's not only the events we ourselves can go through, but also it can be caused by other people. For instance, 
I'm just going to give an example now. This is like a psychological example. Um, parental neglect. That can create an emotional hurt. It can create emotional hurt and pain. Because the reason why I'm saying this is that when a child grows up in an environment or a home where they feel like they were not loved or they were mistreated, they were beaten up, they, they were denied food, denied education, denied all the essentials of life or the necessities. In many cases, and this is really has been proven, you know, scientifically and through research, that it affects a child. And in many cases, this really turns out to affect these children as they move on further in life and affects their emotions, mental capacity, their intellect. So in today's society, some children, and as we speak, some children are neglected by their parents due to lack or can even be other reasons. Sometimes some parents are facing also issues. They are imprisoned or they are addicted on drugs and they can't be there for these children. And so sometimes these children become so neglected, they feel neglected in life that this can affect their life. It can affect how they think, how they see life, how they perceive um, themselves. And many children today, actually, a study shows that many children are raised by single fathers and mothers today. For instance, in the U.S., the study shows that 17% of children ages 14 and younger live with single parents, 17%. But internationally, 88%, can you imagine that 88% of these single parent households are led by single moms? 88% 88% around the world. So that means this is a huge number. So when you think about it, there's so much strain on single parents. I'm just not going to talk about only single mothers because now as we speak today, even fathers themselves are single parents sometimes. So you find that because of all the load on that one parent, they have to work, they have to take care of their children, they have to, to also take it on themselves. There's, there's so much on them that you find that they don't have time to sit with children and have that one-on-one relationship. And as a result, this really affects children. It does. It does affect their emotional stability. It kind of hinders their way to the future. But I'm not here to talk about the psychological part of this. We're here to talk about the spiritual perspective through the grace of God. And also sometimes emotional hurt and pain comes as a result of mental health. Um, Many times when people don't deal with some things in life, some of these things cause anxiety. They cause depression. Some people, again, going back to events in life, people can go through regrets. People go through loss. People go through grief. And once they're not dealt with, later someone gets mental health issues. As a result, that contributes to emotional heart. But here's one thing I want to tell you, child of God. We may label all these things because the reason why I'm using this sort of language is for you to clearly understand um, the emotional instability that I'm, I'm teaching about today. 
But we may give all these things a language based on the English language. You give them labels, we call them whatever we can call them, right? But spiritually, these are bondages. These are emotional bondages that the enemy uses as weapons to bring the children of God under condemnation, under judgment, under a place where someone is in a pit and they can't be able to come out and be that what Christ died for them to be. And many times, some of the things people go through, they don't know. I found many cases, sometimes you can even talk to someone, right, in church. And someone tells you exactly what they're going through. But when they're talking, you realize that this person is going through a spirit of emotional heart and pain through either grief or shame or guiltiness or feeling unworthiness. And, and someone doesn't know it. And these are things we've not taught. These are things we've not preached about. And many people are facing some of these situations. And don't take me wrong, because when sometimes we say we're spiritual, we just have to let the Holy Spirit also teach us. Teach us how to have a spirit that is contrite, that is corrected, that is in grace, that is full of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that is rested in Christ. And many times we tend to hide these things. And we keep on, do you know a face that pretends? You know, have you ever been around someone who can pretend that they're fine, but inside they're not? Inside they're breaking, inside they're dying, but on the outer part, the external appearance, this person is, they look perfect. They look complete. But what would it profit us, child of God, listening in today, dear beloved? For us to pretend on the external outer part and appearance that everything is still fine with us and get inside, you're in bondage. You're caught up or locked in a cell of heart, of pain, of grief, of panic attacks, of unexpressed anger and rage, of sorrow, of sadness, of depression, you know, of violence. And a lot of times some people go through these things, verbal abuse, you know. And some of these things, child of God, later, if these things are not dealt with, they become an issue later. They become that emotional instability that can lead someone to do something. And some people ask themselves, wait a minute, this was a brother and sister we used to eat with, sit with. How come this happened? Just because we've not given people a chance or that place where they can pour what they're facing, pour out their heart and say what they're going through in life without condemning them. Sometimes brothers and sisters, they feel like they would rather bottle up things just like Absalom did for 12 full years. He bottled up the grudge and anger within himself and later, he did something that was so outrageous, something that was so out of the ordinary, murdering his brother. And that confused everyone, that hit everyone. And, and, and a lot of times this is what happens today. Today within our communities, today within our churches, 
and people don't deal with some of these situations. And when our brothers and sisters go out of the way because the enemy has caught them in that pit and they can't be able to come out, when they do something, we tend to condemn them. We tend to shun them away. We tend to say they're an outcast. We, we, we don't belong with them. We, we, put, we throw them out of our life. And so as a result of that, we must understand that this emotional hurt and pain is an attack. It can be an attack on anyone as it was an attack on a man of God, King David's family. It can be an attack to anyone. So if you find your brother or sister going through something, whether you see this, some of these signs of being desolate, of feeling unworthy, of having that loneliness and isolation, of having grief, child of God, many people are going through an issue of grief. But a lot of times when, let's say for instance, and this I have seen a lot of time within even brothers and sisters in church. When someone loses someone, right? Let's say, for instance, a husband or a child or what? Many times people think that this person has, as long as they're done burying and what, they have to, to, to pick up the pieces and move on with life and start to go on at a pace that they were going on previously. But we have to understand that sometimes someone is going through something that we must minister to them. We must take one step at a time with them and be with them. Just like Absalom ministered to Tamar, as soon as he saw Tamar, he said, take heart, take heart, take heart. He stood with her, he ministered, he took time to minister to her. As much as he didn't deal with his own heart and pain, he actually did the right thing. He ministered to his sister. So many times if our sisters and brothers are going through this emotional instability, which is emotional heart and pain, child of God, let us take time. Let us take time to study some of these signs. Don't throw away some of these sermons and say, oh no, this is just psychological teaching. No, these things do happen. And let us not shun away people. Let us not say, Oh, someone goes through loss of grief or this. Yes, we're done barring and that's it. And you think they're fine. No, someone is going through something deep. And someone has gone through shame, guiltiness. Don't throw them away. Don't sit with brothers and sisters and start to gossip about them. What they did, how they did it, how wrong they were. Do you know what they're going through? So these are things, child of God, today I've come to minister to you. Some behaviors, as I've mentioned them, can be as a result of heart and pain that someone has gone through or someone went through previously in their past life, but it is being manifested today. And as such, when one can have one symptom or one sign that I've mentioned about some of these things that I've mentioned, it can cause another sign, it can cause another symptom, it can bring up other unresolved issues, and it becomes a bondage of cycle, a bondage, a bondage, a bondage. 
if someone does not deal with one thing, the enemy brings in another thing like that, like that. Because, for instance, think about it. When one does not deal with the issue of heart, right? When it's left un- undealt with, right? It hinders greater blessings in their lives. It does. Child of God, this is something we shouldn't take lightly. It hinders their blessings in life because, listen, it limits this person who is hurt and broken and in pain. It limits them to see the good in other people. For instance, if someone has been hurt over and over again by the same people, hurt and mistreated, mishandled, abused, right? This person is going to think that all people in this world are really like that. You find that this person will not actually trust people that God is sending to their way, bringing good tidings or bringing opportunities to them. They can shun them away. They can throw them out of their lives just because of what they've gone through in their life because they have seen that people are not right people or people are not good people you can deal with. So hurt and pain from the past can be a bondage. It can be used by the enemy to cause destruction and confusion so that someone does not concentrate on the will of God for their life. Amen? But we, child of God, we must not allow to stay in this trap, that trap of emotional hurt and pain from what people did to you, from what the world threw at you. Amen? Do not accept yourself to be in that pit because it comes in your life and it centers your life and it turns the center of your purpose and it, 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 it keeps it in that pit. If it's not dealt with. First Corinthians 14, 33, we're reminded that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So when you see a life like that, you're in a cycle, a cycle. You're in a cycle of confusion, cycle of gossip, cycle of fight, cycle of destruction, cycle of grief, panic attack, cycle of anger, cycle of rage, cycle of feeling unworthy, cycle of shame and guiltiness. No, there is something wrong because God is not the author of confusion and destruction. Let us go back to the story. Don't you think it took a great deal of Absalom to think of how he could do what he could do to his brother? This is what I'm saying. Heart and pain can limit you to see. To see the good in other people. Not just did what he did. I'm pretty sure Amnon had something good in him. He did. I'm pretty sure there's something that was in him that could change Absalom's mind. But Absalom, he made his brother's sin become the center of his life. And this is what heart does. Emotional heart and pain can bring that situation or issue or circumstance that caused that pain become the center of your life. Someone thinks about it, sleeps thinking about it, eats thinking about it, you go to work thinking about it, you dream it, 
and it becomes the center of your purpose. Because the more you think about it, the more it's the center of your life, child of God. It becomes the center of your purpose. So for two years, two full years, this very deed that Absalom did to Amnon, it became the center of his purpose. Because he had to turn emotional pain and emotional heart that had bottled up for a some time to splash at some point and come and decide that this is the time to go and murder him. And many times this is what happens. Many times people look at our brothers and sisters, they do something out of the ordinary. People are like, this just happened. But there is some reason as to why someone did whatever they did because there's something that came from the past that was never resolved. So always remember, hurt people hurt other people. It can be both emotionally, it can be physically, it can be verbally, but some people when they're going through something and it's never dealt with, that same person will hurt other people. So it is important that we child of God we know emotionally hurt people with deeper pain. They can also diffuse this pain. If this hurt is not dealt with, it can always transpire in life and become certain events that can prompt actually memories of the wrong things. So I need you child of God to know Today, I'm here to encourage you. This is why the Lord has given me this series to teach that this year is a year of restoration, spiritually and physically. This is the physical aspect of restoration. A lot of people are going through things, child of God. A lot of people are facing circumstances. And the Lord has been revealing this to me, telling me that I pray you touch and speak upon these matters. Because your past child of God, one thing you must understand, it is gone. What they did, they did it. Whatever you went through, it happened. And I pray I don't sound insensitive. But my point is this. We all go through things. Child of God. Our past is never, and I'm, and this I want to tell someone. You can see someone, like I said, you see presidents, you see dignitaries, you see men of God, you see rich people, you see wealthy people, prosperous people. Someone, everyone has a story. King David was considered as a man who was big and someone who was very, very, very significant. But he went through something. Everyone has a story and everyone has somewhere they've gone through. We all have waters. We all have deep waters we've gone through. We all have faced some things. But this is something I want you to take home. Your past is gone. This is a new year. Today, choose a new life. And this year, you can surrender this emotional instability, emotional heart, emotional pain, emotional fear emotional distress, emotional anger, emotional rage. This thing, child of God, can break you or it can put you in that place where you can function, where your center of purpose is tied up on that. And that is from the enemy. It's not from God. It's not. 
Because God is not a God of confusion. He's only a God of peace. And this is why by the grace of God, he sends men and women of God that we preach some of these things that many people come to enlightenment of what actually we are facing. Amen? Jesus Christ is willing to mend our broken hearts. Mending hearts and spirits that have been broken for years and years. Psalm 34, 18 says that the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Psalm 145, 18 says that the Lord is near to all who call upon him and to all who call upon him in truth. So today we're calling upon him because of what we've gone through. Child of God, don't stand there and say, this is for some people. Everyone. Everyone, child of God, everyone, no one should lie to you. Everyone is going through some issue. If you're living on earth, because this is a fallen earth, this is a troubled earth, everyone is facing something, some way or the other. But this is the difference. Some people know what to do about it. Some people don't. And this is why the word of God comes into place. First Peter 1 Peter 1.6 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Everyone is going through something. No one should lie to you. No one should make you feel like their life is so perfect. No one has that sort of life. But let us be true to ourselves. Let us really preach the truth. because. Sometimes, child of God, we let this lie go on and people think that some people, and this is what social media has done, and people look at some people smiling, some people's lives, and they think they live in a merry place and that is what it is. But let not the enemy lie and trap you in a bondage of heart, emotional heart and pain, wanting you to think of the memories of the past Wanting you to revisit what you've gone through. Wanting you to nurse that pain and hold on to it so that you stay as a victim or, or you stay in that place. Let me tell you something. Walk out of it today. See yourself renewed and healed and delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ's blood. Amen. See yourself that that revenge you've been thinking to do to your brothers and sisters because of what they did to you. What you've been holding on to, it is just a choice. A choice that we make. A choice that you have made. Amen? Learn to let go and walk away from anything that would try to bring you back to that place of nursing the wounds of the past. The people you've been hating. Let it go. Let it go. The gossip about people who have wronged you. Let it go. No matter what they did to you, child of God. No matter what they did, forgive. A great example as we've seen, Absalom did not forgive. Much as he did a very good thing ministering to the sister, he did not. Oh, he didn't get a chance for someone to minister to him. But he didn't take a place where he would manage what he had gone through, through God. He did not. But he hated his brother. He neither spoke good or bad, but he hated his brother. 
He stood and boiled up that thing in within him. He did not forgive. He did not let it go. He did not move on. And that trapped him in the pit of emotional heart and pain. But let us not be like the children of God. Now that God has given us this lesson to learn from what happened in the past, no matter what we go through, child of God, let us let it go. Let us move on to the new things. For our Savior is our healer. Jesus Christ gave us that healing and deliverance at the cross because of his blood. All these bondages were taken and cast out. And child of God, I can tell you by the grace of God, it's just a revelation of the blood of Jesus to know you're redeemed from your past. Revelation 21, 4 says that, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no pain for the former things have passed away. This is why I was saying, child of God, beloved, don't forget this on today's sermon. Your past is gone. You don't live in your past. You live in your today and your tomorrow. So what really matters is for you to seek, put your eyes onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, the author of peace, the prince of peace. Did you know plotting revenge puts you deeper in a pit of heart and pain? Because I really feel in my spirit, actually, I'm speaking to someone who has been seeking and wanting to revenge against what other people did to you. In this pit, this is something I should reveal to you, and I pray, child of God, receive this. The pit of revenge just takes you more into hate. It makes you hate those people who wronged you. And again, this is a choice one can make. Like I said, either you can make a choice to stay in that emotional heart and pain, or you can make a choice to see how you can come out of that pit. But it all comes to our choices. So in this pit, child of God, the more you hate those who wronged you, the more you dig a deeper pit for yourself. As long as you can't let it go, as long as you can't surrender it onto your Savior, the healer and the deliverer, Child of God, it's you saying that you can handle this on your own. And so it's through that that you say that you're still holding on to something as a means of revenge. But the only thing here is that it's you, child of God, hurting yourself. If we hold on to some of these things, we're hurting ourselves. But the good news I bring today is here, child of God. If you're saying today, I have a choice. And I'm making this choice to be delivered today. Here's the good news for you. No matter what the enemy has used for the bad, Jesus Christ at the cross changed it all for the good. Because actually, when he thought that he was crucifying him, he was doing something wrong. But his crucifixion actually was birthing a new beginning of redemption and salvation. Someone say hallelujah. And this is the same very exact thing, child of God, that is happening in your life today. The deeper the pit you're in, the more grace will supply for you to come out. Hallelujah. The more, child of God, you're coming out. You know the enemy plans to destroy and to steal whatever he sees that something beautiful the Lord has built. A lot of people are going through emotional heart and pain in marriages. 
And sometimes a marriage can be attacked just because of the beauty that is in it, the great love that is in it, the things that are yet to be born out of it. Because when God connects a man and woman and both of them, he has intertwined them to be one so that they can do big things for the kingdom. The enemy will always try to see that he separates that and brings some sort of confusion. But today I'm speaking to someone. If you're going through a marital issue, believe and speak that the grace of God is standing in that marriage and supplying much abundance, abundance, supplying new wine, supplying love, supplying restoration, because this is a year of restoration, both in the physical and in the spiritual. So whatever, whatever, Whatever pit that you are thrown in, this is a time you're going to be restored and taken out of that pit in the name of the mighty name of Jesus. You know the enemy plans to bring some things like that. But here's the thing. The Lord Jesus Christ turns it all around under the grace covenant. Our Jesus is bigger. And this is something I would want you to know. Don't look at that pit as something that is big. Jesus is bigger than that pit. He is much bigger than it. As long as the enemy continues to dig deeper, the grace Jesus Christ is pouring in that pit is going to be much more. As I speak in the name of Jesus. Romans 8, 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a more, far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. So child of God, as you're walking out of that pit, actually you're going to walk out of it with glory. You're going to be transformed from glory to glory. Many people will be asking themselves, but wait a minute. Is this the brother I used to see two years ago? Is this the sister I used to see two years ago? Because for two full years you've been in that pit. Pit of heart and pain, but now grace is supplied as you're coming out of it that the light will shine brighter exceedingly upon you. Then many people will be asking themselves, Who is he? Who is she? Christ has you. Christ is with you. Learn to walk away from heart and pain. Find rest in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The longer you try to figure out on your own, the longer you face the challenge of being in this pit, child of God. Trust me, I know the world we live in today, child of God. It can have unbearable issues. The things you can hear with ears and you can't really believe that we are actually children of God. But always remember, it is a fallen world. It is not people. It is just a tribulated world. It's just a world that we're living in and the enemy is going around devouring, seeking whom he can use as a weapon. But this is the same child of God. You as a son of God, see yourself differently. Be a seed of Abraham. Be under the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And know whatever they did, whatever the world threw, whatever happened in the past, it is gone. Consider yourself that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So, See yourself from today that no weapon from the against you prospers. 
It's only God who prospers. It's only Jesus Christ prospering in you. See yourself that no matter what you faced or anything you've gone through, child of God, it has no power over you. You're forever restored. Amen? You're forever set free. Amen? You should know that the grace of God is abundantly supplying every single day and no matter whatever you're going through, child of God. But I pray you make a choice today. Make a choice today to surrender. To give it on to Jesus. For him to carry it for you. To carry that heart. To carry that pain on that cross. So that you can receive in return his peace. Amen. I truly do believe one can be restored. One can truly be restored. And because of Jesus Christ we are restored. We can become complete and perfected in this world because of Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit pours the great love of Jesus Christ in you and he shows you the goodness of Jesus, the rich mercies of Jesus Christ, your life will be changed. Anything that was done to you in the past, I'm telling you, child of God, it won't matter because now you'll be so focused on the love that is pouring in you that you don't even have time. You're not persuaded anymore. You're not consumed anymore with the things that happen. The thing is you will come to a place and you start to bask in, in a persuasion and consumption, consummation of the deepest consciousness of the relationship with Jesus. And every day you go deeper in him. Every day you will enjoy him. And you see that the things that are actually that used to take up your time, they don't matter. They don't. They don't. They don't. Child of God, what really matters is what Christ did for you on the cross. The only way for you to be delivered is to look to the healer and the deliverer, Jesus Christ. When our eyes are lifted onto the author and the finisher of our faith, healing, deliverance, it all comes and flows in our lives. It takes over. And if we keep our eyes on him, his sufferings and death at the cross, they mean so much to us. We start to see that broken body, that it healed us. We start to see that those stripes that hit his back, the piercing that went through his body, they were for us. And things start to make sense. The Bible starts to become alive in you. You start to rejoice in him every day. You start to see his goodness. But as long as the enemy, this is what I want you to understand. As long as the enemy knows that this person does not have a revelation of the cross, then he can keep this person in the pit. He can keep you in a pit of anything he wants. But when he knows that truly this son of God knows the revelation, what the cross meant, what the blood meant, what his, the broken body of Jesus Christ meant, he will not play around because he will know you're delivered. You're delivered not because of your fasting or the performance or your long prayers. He will know that the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that is in you, that is embedded in you, keeps you alive in the things of Christ. He will know. He will know that that person, I can't touch her or touch him because anytime I touch them, they're going to plead the blood of Jesus. Anytime I touch them, they're going to speak the word and that word is going to work. And this is where a child of God becomes very important. 
for you to listen to the word of grace and truth, to listen to sermons like this that connect you to Jesus Christ, to go deeper in reading the word of God, finding and discovering scriptures about what you're going through, discovering scriptures about heart and pain and dwelling on them and reading them and placing them in your house, in your cars, on your fridge, in your bathroom, speaking them constantly, meditating about them in your life. This is the time to die. The scripture says that walk in the spirit and we live in the spirit. We let the Holy Spirit teach us to show us how to live in the character of Jesus Christ, how to let go, how to be renewed in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. These are things the child of God are going to deliver you. There is no formula written down. There is no formula based on a natural perspective that is going to deliver. A lot of times people just believe in having therapy and sitting down and talking to someone to manage your issues. But some of these things, when you actually sit down and see that they, they were already written in the scriptures for our great lesson, for us to understand that these things actually truly happened before. And then we ask ourselves, what is the solution? What is the solution to this? This book you see, the Bible, it carries every single wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the heavenly understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. It all comes from this book. So there is nothing, child of God, one can go through. And the answer is not here. I find sometimes today people say, how can one get an answer, a political answer from the scriptures? I mean, when you read the scriptures, even in Proverbs, it talks about leaders, righteous leaders. When you read the scriptures in Proverbs, it talks about economy. It talks about how to handle finances. When you read the scriptures, it talks about marriage. It talks about every single aspect, the daily operations we go through, child of God. So one can't sit and say that how can a book written by men can give you answers. You may say this was written by men, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, corrected, instructed, guided. This was written by God. These scriptures, you speak upon them over something, standing in faith. Child of God, you see it manifest. You see it happen in your life. So let us not allow that sort of talk or thinking take us away from the word of God and not see how much the word of God means. Because the Bible says in, in John 1, 1, that the word is God and God was the word. So, Today, can you see Jesus with your eyes? Can you? No one can. You can't. But we see Jesus in the Word. We see him in the scriptures. You know why John 1.14 says that he came in flesh and dwelt among us. The Word came in flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold the glory of Jesus. We behold the glory of Jesus. We can only behold this glory through this Word. So the word carries power. The word will bring us to that place of understanding, having that lucid mind, spirit, soul, and body, and being rested in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And it's through that child of God we're going to get delivered. That is the only way. That is how we become healed. As long as you're feeding your mind 
your soul, your eyes, your ears, your heart, your mouth. You're feeding it with this word and you're speaking it. You're dreaming it. You're meditating it. You're living in it. You're it. That way you're eating it. You're eating the word. You're praying in it. And this is what under the grace covenant we do. This is how under the grace covenant you can be delivered from any addiction, from any instability, from any lack, from any confusion. You speak the word. You speak the word. You proclaim the word. And this is what we're going to do. This is the choice, child of God, you can do today. Believe and walk and live from victory to victory. Amen? From glory to glory. From blessing to blessing. From grace to grace. Hallelujah. Amen? And this is what God wants for us. This is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. So we don't go through these pits. So that we can be set free. So that we can be secure in life. So can we can have the goodness and see the goodness in him, in people around us, in our families, in our homes. As long as we walk by the word, we're going to see him. I'm done preaching. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this day you've given us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. Every stripe, every beating, every lash that fell on his back, we were healed and we were delivered from every emotional heart and pain. Today, our eyes are on Jesus. He's the healer and deliverer. Holy Spirit, you supply a newness of life in Christ Jesus in us. We believe that each minute, second, and now we are yielding closer and closer to Jesus through your Holy Spirit. And we believe we're connected to him through the word of God, through this summons of Jesus, through his word, through the Bible, through scriptures. And you bring the promises of God to reality that we see the goodness of God. We're reminded of his love for us. We're reminded he's our rock, he's our strength. We stand firm in faith, believing that today, from today, we're set free. Every chain is broken. We, we, we are freed from every captivity of emotional stability, of emotional fear of emotional heart, of emotional pain, from every dissolution, from every anger, rage, bitterness, heart, pain, gossip, confusions, distractions, noise, clutter, constant patterns, anything that has been causing memories of the past, every roughness out of our lives, we are delivered. And from today we sleep, we live, we walk, we do everything in the Holy Spirit. And we see the goodness of Jesus happening in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and say, Amen. So child of God, for those who have listened in today and say that evangelists I am, very happy what God has spoken today. And I truly believe that I want to restore my life with him because I walked away for some time. And if you're saying that you have never actually given your life to Christ, 
and you want him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, say, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, today I believe and confess with my mouth that I am saved by the grace of God, not through my works or effort. I am forever justified by faith through your grace. Jesus, you were delivered for all my past, present, and future sins, and you were raised for my justification. From today, I renounce my old man and nature because it was crucified with you at the cross. I now live and walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. I am born of Christ. I believe I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So child of God, I want to welcome you to the greatest gift of salvation. You're now a new creation. All things have passed away. And I pray that each week, download our app. If you have an iPhone on iTunes Store, if you have an Android, you download it in on the Google Store. And you can also join all our social media platforms. Follow us, A Heart for Soul Ministries. That is what the app is. And listen to the word. Listen to the sermons every day. Every day. Read devotions. Because our devotions are mainly, mainly centered on Jesus Christ and his finished work. Get involved. Listen to this gospel of grace and truth. And, and your mind, as a result, your mind is going to be of Christ conscious. And as long as the Holy Spirit is feeding you daily and daily, showing you who Jesus is to you, child of God, you're going to live a delivered life. Because we believe under the grace covenant, we are already set free. At the cross, he gave us victory, so we move from victory to victory. At the cross, he gave us blessing, so we move from blessing to blessing. We do not live in pits. We live blessed forever in our lives. Amen. So I want to thank you so much, everyone who has taken time to listen to this sermon. I pray that next week, tune in and um, talk to you then. God bless you so much, all of you. I pray a blessing of Abraham and each and every one of you who has been listening in today. May God bless all of you in everything you're doing this coming week. God bless you. I love you. Bye.